morning, class. Hi, I'm Keith Moore, and this is Faith School. And whatever you're doing, we uh, encourage you to get you a Bible and something to make notes with and come right on to the class, into the class, and we've saved you a seat. And this is a place where our spirit is fed, our faith grows stronger, and we learn how to be overcomers. That's what God made us to be, not to be overcome and destroyed, but to be overcomers and to be victorious ones. You know, um, it's not a good witness to be a sad, depressed, defeated Christian. That's a bad witness, you know, and folks sometimes don't realize believing wrong and saying, you know, God sent this tornado and destroyed my house. God killed my relative in this car wreck. God put this dread, terrible disease on me to teach me something. And then they'll turn around and say, uh, you know, don't you want to receive Jesus? And don't you want to come serve God? And, and people are thinking, no. <laughs> you know, because uh, the enemy is telling people, uh, you know, if you really become a Christian, your fun is over. I mean, you can't sin and in their mind, that's fun. You can't, you know, do what you want to do. Your life is over. But it's not true. Uh, the only thing uh, that, that the Lord would tell you not to do is something that's going to hurt you and kill you anyway. If you're smart, you'll follow Him. And so let's release our faith today and believe God for utterance and the anointing. Uh, do you believe, class, that we can get answers? Even the things that you've wondered about for a long time. The Spirit of God is our teacher here, and we're getting things. Father, in Jesus' name, we agree together here and all over the world in faith school, uh, asking you for utterance and for the anointing and for the moving and manifesting of your Holy Spirit inside us and outside us. We ask for it. In Jesus' name, we purpose not to be forgetful hearers, but to be doers of what you show us. Amen. Amen. Thank you, Lord. Thank you. If you would turn in the great textbook, the Bible, to Hebrews, the 10th chapter, let's continue our study today in what we're calling by faith. In Hebrews 10 and verse 38, it says, Now the just shall live by faith. That, that's a quote uh, from the Old Testament, and it could also be translated by his or her faith. You're the justified one, the righteous one, and we're right, we are righteous, and we are justified, not because of what we've done, but because of what Jesus has done for us. He has made us right. He has made us just. But we are called then to live by faith, our faith in him. But if any man draw back, my soul will have no pleasure in him. But we're not of them who draw back unto perdition or destruction, but of them that believe to the saving of the soul. Praise God. If you draw back, lay down and quit, you wind up in a bad place, a destructive place. But if you'll keep on believing, you'll experience salvation. Hallelujah. Do you believe that, friends? Then in chapter 11, this wasn't written, written in chapter and verse. This all flows together. He said, now faith is 
the substance or the confidence of things hoped for or we could say expected. Faith is the evidence or the conviction of things not seen. Faith deals with the unseen realm. God is not a material, physical being. The Bible said God is spirit. Uh, sometimes people tend to think that this, that we can see and feel and perceive with our physical senses, is the only thing that's real. But that's absolutely not true. According to the Bible, all of this is temporary. Temporary. There's actually some astonishing things that are true about the material universe when you study a little bit more into physics, quantum physics, and those kind of things. Not to say I know much about it, but uh, it's, it's amazing uh, how you can see the truth of the Word of God. For instance, you know, what, what keeps atoms together? <laughs> and and the, the building blocks of all creation, the Bible said all things are held together by the Word of His power. You, you can see things, a few things under a microscope, but what's causing that to happen? You can't see that energy, that life force. You can't see that. It's unseen. But to say it's not real, to say it doesn't exist, that's ignorant, right? <laughs> it's happening right in front of you. I mean, uh, we're in here today. And so much of what's going on with us is unseen. Thoughts, right? We're talking about thoughts. We're ta our words are conveying thoughts and beliefs. And all of this is unseen, but very, very real. The more faith you walk in, the more you are aware of the unseen. And the more of the effects of the unseen can manifest in the seen. The Bible said, uh, we look not at the things that are seen, but the things that are not seen. Because the things that are seen are temporal or temporary. But the things that are not seen are eternal. He goes on to say, we walk by faith, not by sight. Somebody say that out loud, class. Uh, I walk by faith, not by sight. Not by sight includes all the senses of the body. We don't walk by just what we hear, what we see, what we feel, what we smell. If you do, if you base all your believing on what you feel and perceive with your senses, you will be a continually unstable individual. Hmm? You will be. Because, uh, you know, even when you wake up in the morning, you'll have to check how you feel. How do I feel? And then if you don't feel so hot, then you don't act so hot. Well, then if something good happens and you feel a little better and then you act up, but then you hear a bad report 30 minutes later, oh no. So we're back down. And so you're up and you're down and mostly down and even further down. We don't have to live that way. We are not just carnal beings anymore. We are born again. We are new creations in Christ Jesus and instead of walking by what we see, by what we feel, you even learn uh, 
the enemy is always trying to scare you. He's always trying to put you in panic mode. He's always trying to overload you. And we found just as a church and as a ministry, you'll hear reports come in and say, uh, you know, oh, it's a terrible thing. Uh, so-and-so is dead. Uh, are they? Uh, no, they're just hurt real bad. Uh, how, how bad are they hurt? Uh, and and sometimes it might take you two days to find out, you know. Uh, no, no. Well, they cut their foot off. Oh, they did. No, oh, they cut their toe. So you go from being dead to a cut toe. And the enemy... We've seen this kind of thing happen over and over again, this exaggeration, this full-blown panic. And what I'm saying is if you learn how to walk by faith, even though you hear something that's a terrible report, you don't just focus on that and go, oh, no, it's all over. You'll go, really? Is it even true? Even if it is, God's bigger, right? <laughs> There's an answer. There's a way, and can you see how that would make you stable instead of just being knocked off your feet by every bad report that comes along? You, like, like Jesus talked about, he said, don't judge according to appearances, but judge righteous judgment. Don't just judge by the seeing of your eye, the hearing of your ear, but check, check in your heart. See what the Lord's saying to you about it. And again and again, even though everybody's trying to panic all around about you, you check inside, the Holy Spirit will say, it's going to be all right. Just relax. I got you. <laughs> I got this. It's no surprise to God. He already knew. He saw it coming. He already knows the way out. Didn't the Bible say that he, he provides a way of escape? Is that right? No matter what happens, there's a way out. And that's a good response. Hmm? In fact, I think we ought to go over there and look at it. Just uh, 1 Corinthians, the 10th chapter. That way you know for sure we're not just making this up as we, as we go along. 1 Corinthians 10 and verse 13. He says, There has no temptation taken you, but such as is common to man. A temptation includes just, just what we think it does, but it also includes tests and trials, uh, because all of these things can tempt you to doubt, tempt you to fear, tempt you to give up and quit. One thing to remember, no matter what kind of trial or test or temptation to doubt and quit and give up that you're experiencing, it is not something new or unique just to you. The devil will try to tell you no one has ever gone through what you're going through right now. Nobody understands lies, lies, lies. He's trying to isolate you to destroy you, isolate you in your mind. Because if you become convinced, nobody understands, nobody can relate, nobody's going through what I'm going through. They're, all that's doing is trying to reinforce to you the hopelessness of your situation, that there is no hope, no help for you. And you, any thoughts like that come to you, you need to say it right out loud, lies, lies. This is not true. Uh, if, you, if you look at other passages of Scripture like Peter and other places, he said the same afflictions or, or issues that's happening with you are being accomplished in your brethren throughout the world. No, there's nothing new under the sun, Ecclesiastes said, right? 
And uh, the thing is, could it be true that other people have experienced the same things that you're experiencing, but weren't such a crybaby about it? <laughs> other people, a lot of other people have experienced the same thing and worse. In fact, the Bible tells us concerning the master that, uh, you know, we are not to be, I'm paraphrasing, to be quick to give up, but he was tempted and pressed uh, beyond measure. Uh, Hebrews 12 talks about none of us have been pushed to the point he was pushed. You have not been pushed and pressed until blood came out of your pores, resisting the temptation to, get, to, to give in and, and do wrong and disobey. You hadn't been there. So you can't say, well, nobody, nobody's ever experienced what I'm... Uh, Jesus went a lot further than that. And he didn't give up and he didn't quit. He did it as a man. I don't have to quit. I don't have to give up. And here's one of the big things, one reasons, big reasons why. Uh, there's no temptation taking you but such as is common to man. But God is faithful. I want you to say that out loud. God is faithful. Say it again. God is faithful. Faithful to do what? Exactly what he told you he would do for you. If you would do what he told you to do. Right? If he told you, I'll never leave you. I'll never forsake you. Is he faithful to do that? Then don't you, you know, uh, don't you ever say, you know, uh, oh God, why aren't you helping me? Why aren't you with me? He is with you. If he hadn't been helping you, you'd been gone long ago. He's helping you more than you realize it. So quit talking unbelief. What you do want to do is give him something to work with. Say, the Lord is with me. Right? His, I mean, quote the 23rd Psalm. His rod and his staff, they comfort me. The greater ones inside. He goes on to say, he will not suffer you. He will not allow you. To be tempted above that you're able, but will with the temptation make a way to escape that you may be able to bear it. He won't allow any kind of test or trial that is too much for where you are in your faith right now. He won't allow it. This is a comforting thought. Because the devil will try to lie to you and tell you that what you're dealing with in your life is too big. It's too hard. It's too hard for me to handle. It's too big for me to deal with. It's just too much. So that you just despair, throw up your hands, draw back, fall back, give up, quit. But the fact that it's there means it's not too big. Come on, can you see this? According to the Word of God, if it was, if it really was too much for you to deal with right now, He would not have allowed it. He wouldn't have permitted it. <laughs> so, uh, you know, I used to do some sport fighting back years ago, martial arts. And so I think sometimes in the term of the ring and being in the ring. And in my mind, when I read this, I think, if it's in the ring with me, I can whoop it. I can beat it, right? <laughs> because if it really was too big and rough for me, the Lord wouldn't have let it get in the ring. He would have kept it from even being in my life. And uh, if, it's in the, if it's in the ring, help me out. What, what? I can whoop it. I, right? I can overcome it. Isn't that, isn't that what he's saying? There is a way 
of escape. There is a way through it. There's a way to overcome it. There's a way out. There's a way of victory. Hmm? Do you believe this, saints? If it's in your life, there's a way out. There's a way to victory. Praise God. No exceptions. No exceptions. So no matter what you're dealing with today, don't sit and cry and feel sorry for yourself and listen to the devil's lies and let him tell you about how awful it is and there's no way you could do it and no way you could do anything. No, you need to say, I'm coming out. There's a way out of here. And how many understand, if you got your nose buried in the carpet, you can't see the exit sign, right? You're not going to see the way out. You know, if you if all you you got your head buried in the symptoms of your physical problem, you can't see the healing looking at the sickness. You can't see the miracle looking at the impossibility. You can't see the provision looking at all the bills. Right? You can't see the victory, uh, you know, with your 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 head covered and crying and feeling sorry for yourself. Get up. And look for the exit sign. You say, I know there's a way out of this. I know because God done told me there's a way out, right? And he is faithful. That's what he's talking about. He's faithful. Faithful to do what? Faithful to get me out of this. Now, Lord, I know you, you, this is no surprise to you. You already saw this coming and you've already got me an off ramp. You've got me an exit. Where's my exit? <laughs> Show me how I'm getting out of this. Because I know I'm getting out of this. Show me. And next thing you know, ah, there it is. And I, you know, I'll take a step and then I'll take another step. Then I'll take another step. Next thing you know, you'll be out of it. You'll be out of that adversity. It'll be, it can, it's in your rear view mirror. It can be like just a bad dream that happened to somebody else, you know, or a long time ago. It's uh, but there is a way out. Come on, say it out loud. There is, there is. Always, always a way out. A way out. See, God is faithful to provide that for us. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Is that okay? Go back with me, if you would, to Hebrews 11. And we see individuals who learned this personally and experientially time after time that even though they were in what seemed to be bad, impossible situations, God made a way out for them. We see in Hebrews 11, it uses this phrase, by faith. Verse 4 says, by faith Abel. Verse 5 says, by faith Enoch. 7 says, by faith Noah. Noah needed a way out. <laughs> Is that right? right. Oh man, because uh, things were about to get real bad on planet Earth. The whole thing was going to be inundated with water, water above the mountaintops. And this had never been seen before, it had never been heard of before. But read, read that phrase in, in verse 7 by faith. Noah, being warned of God of things not seen as yet, not seen, moved with fear, prepared an ark to the saving of his house. Oh, somebody say, thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. This is not only 
a great faith example for us to remind ourselves and live by and follow. It is a type of salvation. Just like there came a flood that brought judgment on the whole earth, there's coming in the future a flood of judgment and destruction. The Bible says even the elements of the earth are going to burn with fervent heat. It perished by water that time. The, the scripture says it's going to be destroyed by fire this time, this next time. And uh, the Bible talks about those that would be lost. But there's an ark today. <laughs> there's an ark. Praise God. And the ark is in Christ. Hallelujah. And all those that are in Christ are not going to be touched by the flood of judgment and destruction that's coming that you read about in the book of Revelation and, and, and 1st, 2nd Peter and other places. Uh, you who are saved and born again, do I have anybody that's that way in, in the class? I'm, I'm looking out there too. You, huh? Anybody's in Christ, in Christ, then you're in the ark. Praise God. In the ark, no matter how much destruction and flood and judgment comes, the ark remains above it. Can you see that? And the worst things got on the earth, the more flood water it was, that was just the higher that the ark went. Oh, come on. Can you see this? Can you picture yourself safe inside the ark? Oh, it's wet everywhere except inside the ark. We're inside the ark, toasty, comfy, huh? eating a good sandwich, right? <laughs> Watching the bear cubs play with each other. That's good entertainment. And you, you hear a lot of noises outside, but you're saying, thank God I'm in, inside. Thank God I am in here. Oh, there was lightning. There was thunder. There was rain. And we don't know the half of it. The Bible said the windows of heaven opened and the, the depths of the great deep were broken up. I mean, there's some things happened that hadn't happened before or since that we know of. And I mean, it, you would have heard some sounds. You would have felt some pressure changes and you would have seen and heard things. But oh, wouldn't you be thankful? I said, wouldn't you be thankful that you're in the ark? Hallelujah. We're still talking about how for those that trust him and believe in his faithfulness, God always makes a way of escape, a way out. The ark was an escape pod, right? Escape from the judgment, from the destruction, from the death. Escape. Hallelujah. Well, even in this life, we can escape, right? We escape judgment. We escape destruction. We escape loss by faith. Psalm 91 talks about this. He that dwells under the secret place of the Most High, he dwells under the shadow, praise God, of the Almighty. Hallelujah. Is there a safe place? Man, this earth is a, an unsafe place. This earth is a dangerous place. But there's a place, even in this earth, where there's protection. And it's trusting Him. 
Do you trust him, saints? Trusting him is your safe place. Puts you in the, you know, obeying him and trusting him. Puts you in the center of the palm of his hand. And Jesus said, nobody can pluck you or rip you out of my father's hand. Because my father is greater than all. Praise God. And so even if there's, Psalm 91 talks about if there's plague sweeping through the land. He said it won't come near my house. Won't come near my dwelling. Even if there's a war and, and the arrow is flying by day and, and there are projectiles in the air. He said it won't hit me. It won't get me. He said his angels, they'll bear me up. They'll lift me up in their hands lest I dash my foot against a stone. They keep me in all my ways. And he goes on through Psalm 91 talking about till he gets to the end and he says, with long life, he'll satisfy me and show me his salvation. Well, what, what does that mean with long life? You had to get through from all those verses to get to long life. What does that mean? The plague didn't get you. The arrow didn't get you, right? <laughs> the destruction didn't get you. Why? Because God was protecting you. You were in the ark and he kept making you a way out. Praise God. Somebody needs to hear this today. And somebody needs to say, there is a way out. There is a way out. The devil, like we said, practices this pile-up technique. And he just tries to keep pointing out to you in your life what's wrong and what's not right. And he wants to get you overwhelmed until you believe. There's people get to the point, even believers sadly, have gotten to the point where they think, I just need to kill myself and get out of this. I mean, it'll never be any better. Uh, this is torment. This is hell to live like this. Said out loud, lies, lies, lies. Give God an opportunity. Give him a little time. Trust him. Let him show you what he can do. It's amazing how quickly things can change. It's amazing how quickly they can change. Remember one time in the Word of God, there was a terrible famine on, and people were eating garbage, and tiny amounts of food were going for huge prices, and the prophet said, by this time tomorrow, food's going to be dirt cheap. Right here in the street. And the, and the king's assistant said, no way. I mean, if God opened windows of heaven, could such a thing be? He said, yep, yeah, it's going to happen, but you're not going to see it. <laughs> it doesn't pay to run your mouth off in unbelief when the Lord reveals his good word. How quickly things can change. You can go from total lack and total famine to abundance in a day. Oh, somebody say, in a day. I mean, Joseph went from the dungeon, is that right, to ruling over Egypt in a day. Somebody say, in a day, in a day. I want you to sit out loud. There is a way out. God always makes a way out. And I'm coming out to the glory of God. I'm victorious in Jesus. Hallelujah. Praise God. Well. Our time is up again in faith school, but I feel like the Lord gave us a booster shot, don't you? He gave us a boost, and we're not going to quit. We're overcomers. Hallelujah. Well, we'll see you next time in faith school.